thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Okay, so we're here on Father's Day to talk about my real dad, Hideo Kojima. Gillian Seed, dude. Oh. He's, he's your real dad. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of similarities, though. Like, neither of them was there for me, and uh, <laughs> everything they've created is highly debatable. You know, <laughs> Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Snatcher. Yeah, uh, Snatcher. We love Snatcher. We're waiting for a, a while to get this one under the belt. Yeah, so love you it. just played it recently, right? Yeah, like a couple months ago, yeah. Okay, cool. And so you hadn't played it before. I had not played the full thing before. I had. Uh, I think I made it through Act 1 last time that I was giving it a go, and this time it really uh, dug its fingernails into me a little bit more. So That's so crazy, because like, Snatcher... I guess if anyone's wondering why is there a Snatcher episode, the question is not that. The question is why hasn't there already been a Snatcher episode? Because <laughs> like, just like the Zelda episode we did recently, I mean, that was one that was like on the first document of like Zero Brightness episodes from like 2018, like before the show existed, you know? Because um, I fucking love Snatcher. I played it around the same time that I saw Blade Runner for the first time. And it like instantly was like a classic. Yeah, it's like a double dose right there. Yeah. Cause like I watched Blade Runner when I was in high school, which is weird because I was like very well versed in 80s like cult movies, anything, horror, sci-fi, whatever. And I'd seen them all except for Blade Runner. And then one day I stayed home from school cause I was sick. And I remember I was like talking to my mom and somehow it came out that I had never seen Blade Runner. And she was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm gonna like go to the video store and like get like rent Blade Runner so you can watch it like right now. Which is weird, very out of character for her. But for some reason she just like, she was like, you have to see Blade Runner. And I was like, okay. And I watched it and she was right. It was like instantly my favorite movie. It's like still my favorite movie. I would say tied with um, Pulse by Kyoshi Kurosawa. Um, what, what age were you when you saw it? I think I was like 14 or 15. Okay. Yeah, that, that'll probably hit hard right about that. Yeah. I think I saw it a little too early. I think I saw it when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. And the first viewing, I remember being like, I really fucking love this. But I was also like a little bored. I think I was watching it with like a couple of people and it was just yeah. like, you know, it's it's very laid back. Yeah. You know, you, Blade Runner, you're like, all right, you know. Yeah. You're, you're, you're almost kind of expecting like a, a Paul Verhoeven like you know cyberpunk movie or something and then it's not it's absolutely not that no but and you're like oh man Harrison Ford is real grumpy and he's real boring (laughs) when you're 13 and then then you you know and then I saw it again I I probably saw it when I was like 17 and then 
then it like clicked so hard. Yeah. And it was just like, oh yeah. Yeah. Roy Batty, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a weird movie because it's, it is like an 80s sci-fi classic, but it's so slow and atmospheric. It's almost like ambient film at a certain point where there's like, oh yeah, there's so little concrete that happens. in. The, I mean, you can summarize the whole plot in like one sentence, but the movie's two hours long. It's right. Like, huh. What's all that other shit? It's just like scene setting. It's atmosphere. It's the music. I mean, I think that's why, like, part of the reason why, like, the music and the look and everything, like, the visuals are so iconic. It's not just because they're great. It's because the whole movie is just set up as a delivery method for those things. And it frequently just, like, gets out of the way, you know? But, which makes it an even weirder choice for someone to look at and be like, I'm going to make a video game of that. Right. Which has now happened twice. Right. There's this game, there's Snatcher, and then there's a Blade Runner game. Actually. Oh yeah, the like kind of um, 90s like adventure, mm-hmm. kind of like point and click one. Yeah. Yeah. That game's I've actually heard, pretty good. I've heard it's good, yeah. Yeah. I haven't replayed it in a long ass time, but I've been meaning to because I think it ended up on like some platform at some point, like they re-released it. Um, and even though, of course, like fans were immediately like, this is a horrible version. Why did you do this? But it's like, I don't know. That just happens now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Can't we can't we can't get away from that. That's yeah. that's that's reality. That's yeah. everything. You, yeah. You ruined my binky. <laughs> Why? Give it back in its original state. <laughs> okay, Todd. Um but yeah, so like it's it's a weird choice and that's kind of what makes Snatcher fascinating is that like it is the original of a very small and weird sub sub genre of Japanese games, which is like game where auteur looks at piece of Western media and goes, I'm going to do that. And like makes a very weird video game version of it. Like this is the first, the most notable example is deadly premonition where, you know, dude looked at, you know, sweary looked at twin peaks and was like, I'm going to do that. And then made the whole thing that that is that game, which is a whole separate conversation. And there's another game exactly like that from the 90s called Mizerna Falls where they did a Twin Peaks rip that like has kind of it was recently translated and I don't know if there's actually a patched playable version of it but it's been this like kind of piece of lost media for English speakers for a long time and yeah like I I think unless I'm mistaken but like Snatcher is kind of the original of that genre you know where it's just like auteur is like oh blade runner i like blade runner i'm gonna make hito kojima's blade runner yeah and it's it's kind of i, I want to say it takes those um aesthetic choices but it also is like very much anime tropes and is like how can i recontextualize this to almost be like a more i don't want to say like pop but like colorful version of blade runner because blade runner is pretty dour yeah whereas this one is like right away like this the intro for this game is hits so hard it's so awesome yeah it's just like right off the bat you're it's like all right it's not this like you know the soundtrack for blade runner is very much you know um kind of down tempo jazz you know with like electronica ambience on top of it and then the opening to this is just like bombastic like fusion Uh jazz (laughs) and like that the like that song um welcome to neo kobe is just perfect (laughs) yeah well it's 
It's really crazy like what the game ends up being because of all these mix of different styles and aesthetic tropes and things like that because like well, you know, for starters, it did actually come out in the 80s. Like, it was yeah. originally released in 1988, and then it was basically slowly remade and released over the next decade. I think the last version of it came out in 1996. Um, the American one, the Sega CD uh, localized version, came out in 1994. But it's, it's just wild, because it has this, like, 80s vibe and aesthetic that feels like someone doing a throwback but it's not it actually was made and released originally in the 80s but yeah it's got the crazy like fusion jazz soundtrack it's got these like city pop moments definitely aesthetically it has that like look to it you know that super 80s cartoony colorful look um it's really really cool and yeah it's it's basically an animated out adaptation of like blade runner that folds in a bunch of stuff from other 80s, like, dark sci-fi stuff, you know? Terminator, Vision of the Body Snatchers, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, the big points... Okay, so obviously Blade Runner. Like, this game literally is just Blade Runner. Like, and I can't... I know I've already said that, like, five times, but, like, I really, for the listener, cannot stress enough, like, how much this is literally just Blade Runner. Like... The main character looks the same, he dresses the same, he drives the same flying car, like, the structure of the story roughly follows the same beats, like, you know, his job and his goal are the same, you know, it's, there's obviously differences, and the longer it goes on, the more it, you know, diverges from Blade Runner, but the setup is just Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. setup is the exact same, it's just the tone is different, Yeah, like, the main character is not, you know sullen no he's very like he's a goofball. Car- cartoony goofball yeah um and which works well for you know keeping up the like comedic moments and and keeping up the pacing and whatnot right i don't know it's it's just i think we were talking about this previously i just said it's it's just like charming yeah. you know like i i this game you know i don't know as far as gameplay wise i don't think it's like my favorite game to play right but just like being in the world and like the story is compelling enough that it's like, oh yeah, I'd come back and I'd, I'd go through this again, you know? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's interesting is I was reading that their original idea for the game or their approach to it was to not think of it as a game and think of it more as like a piece of visual media. So it's like their version of doing like a film or an anime. And I think that's pretty apparent in the game. It doesn't have a lot of what we would call traditional gameplay, but it does tell you the story and it shows you this world and in that way i mean and there's a lot of stuff that calls forward to what kojima would do later but that's maybe one of the most prescient ones which is like he never has decided or fully committed to just making a game or just making a movie like all of his games are this combination of video games and movies and this is maybe like the first one where that's like really, really obvious. Because this is also his second game as director, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, and it is the first one. It seems to lean into the narrative as like the point and it, the gameplay is kind of secondary. Yeah. Whereas with Metal Gear, it was like, all right, how can I, you know, I've got the, the gameplay was the point, And then it's like, how can I weave in an interesting, you know, story into yeah. that gameplay? Whereas this one, it's like story was there, game pace, gameplay second. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's there's a lot that 
because of that, there's so much of it that like while you're playing, especially now, you're like, oh, this reminds me of this Kojima game or this Kojima game or whatever. And like all the info dumps and the like big twist at the end. It's like this is literally just Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Like literally just that. But um it I think the big picture thing to me that stood out was like, oh yeah, he's always had he's always been straddling the line between like video games and movies. And this one, I mean so I guess to talk a little bit about versions, I mean, there are a bunch of different versions um, of this game. It was originally like a Japanese computer game on a couple different um, systems in Japan. It then got ported to consoles and slowly over the years, it, they would port it and upgrade it while adding stuff. And it kind of, the end point was the, or the, yeah, the Sega CD version. And so that's the one that got localized and released in America. And when the Sega CD version had upgraded sound, upgraded visuals, and voice acting. And the voice acting is like the biggest thing that actually makes it feel like what we would now call like a Kojima game. Because like, obviously there's some text that you read, but a lot of those conversations are actually portrayed on screen. Like, yeah, it's in a comic booky, minimal animated way, but like the fact you're actually hearing the characters and you're just watching a scene gives it that movie feel or like that anime feel. Yeah. And the voice acting is great. I mean, yeah, the, you know, the, the dynamic between, um, Mark two and, uh, and Gil, well, Gideon, Gillian, Gillian, <laughs> Gillian, Gillian. Yeah. yeah. The, the dynamic between those two is like buddy cop movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, and it works for, for it. And the voice acting for metal gear is really, or Mark two, whatever you want to call them is, yeah just charming you know it's just like it's it's silly it's kind of over the top yeah. but it just like kind of works for whatever reason I don't yeah know. no i totally agree it's like if you have any any soft spot for like 80s anime like it just pushes that button so hard and the fact that it has this aesthetic that's different from a lot of those shows like actually makes it feel more modern and more compelling you know because it's like uh, it's just something different and it feels more like I, I, the thing I keep coming back to or the thing I kept thinking while I was playing this was like it feels like this is something someone would make now as an 80s throwback yeah yeah it almost feels like it's uh, very self aware yeah Um, and there's some stuff we can get into later on right. about that uh, right yeah there's because there's a lot I do want to talk about Um, kind of uh, the interactions with women that you can have uh, in this game, which is uh, which is like a quagmire that we are going to have to sift through a little bit. Yeah, but I, I, the thing that I think is weird about it is that it's like, is knowing his track record, I have my doubts about whether it's like self aware and kind of playing on some of that anime kind of BS, right. you know, um, because. I don't know. It almost like kind of uses it as as comedy because you're like, look at this pathetic man, <laughs> you know? right? Which it's like very much on the edge. I remember I texted you when I finished the game um, because I guess this isn't a, it's not a fucking spoiler, but at the end of the game, there's like this very tropey like you're on a tarmac about to leave on a plane, and it's uh -huh. like all the women you've met in the game yeah. are there to say goodbye to you and you can have your little moments with them. Yeah. And I just, I was just laughing my ass off and I just like had to, had to like text you and just be like, what the fuck <laughs> was that ending? And apparently, um, 
going back to what you're talking about the versions is that that act three didn't come out until later so yeah like if you played the original versions you only got the first two acts mm-hmm. and that's where like the meat of the game is i mean because yeah i was kind of when i was playing it i like blitzed through those first two acts and oh, i was yeah. just having a ball and then i hit that third act and i kind of i stopped playing for a little bit because um i was just like oh here comes the kojima story dump yeah and and it definitely hits Which that is exactly what happened. It, it is uh but it's like i don't know the ending is satisfying enough that it's like worth it but um i, I you know i i, I don't want to spoil things you know so we can back up but i guess there are, well, are there are a couple um there's a couple spots in the in the third act where it just it made me laugh in a really good way yeah i was just like this is ridiculous but i'm loving it just because without the you know those first two acts are so like so good that it could get away with it in the third act i think with some of those character moments where it was just over the top yeah for sure well it it's a confusing game in that regard as well just because like you are kind of trying to figure out like how self-aware it is because like it does have some of that like early Kojima fourth wall breaking stuff. Like in the first mission, there's like a weird interaction where it's like, turn up your TV and he's like, Oh, my ears hurt. And it's like, your TV's too loud. <laughs> like there's weird shit like that in the game. And yeah, some of it, like I think like the presence of like uh Mach two and like their whole like uh, commentary on the things you do does make it feel like it's satirical or like the self-aware yeah, yeah but then the game also just commits to all the things that it does yeah and you're just kind of like well i think it just is what it says on the tin you know it literally is just 80s anime where it's like boobs but like <laughs> it's also like somewhat smarter than that so it's it's hard to say um yeah yeah. it's one of those things where they kind of want to have it both ways they want to they want to be like you said what's on the tim but then also have metal gear being like stop that gideon like you you know as that little like oh we're aware what we're doing you know that kind of like fourth wall breaking yeah you know parrot on his shoulder almost yeah exactly i think it's worth talking about first of all i guess maybe if people don't aren't familiar with this game you might be really confused right now so i guess i'll tell you the setup Besides just saying that's Blade Runner. Um, so basically it's Blade Runner, except instead of um, Deckard, you're a guy named um, Gillian Seed, which is a really hard name to say because it's spelled like Jillian. And like, it's just like, I don't know, weird choice for a name. But anyway, you're this guy. Uh, he has amnesia. Classic. Of course. Yeah. We, we love that. And, you know, him and his wife have just broken up because of their amnesia, which is like, that must be a first, you know? I've never heard of that. They just can't relate to each other anymore. It must, yeah. <laughs> must be hard when you're just these husks. <laughs> yeah. that's, exactly. the, that's, the, that's not the tone at all. No. It's like very much like they're like sitting on a um, highway, like overlooking a highway. Yeah. And um, we can't remember anything. Doesn't that suck? I mean, yeah. but yeah, it, it like... It still hits. It's still good. Yeah. It's still good intro, but it's just yeah. like, okay, I get, I see the tone that we're going for. Well, and it's funny because like, yeah, we, we, I think pretty early on we are going to get into the spoiler stuff, but I guess I'll just keep it light for now. I'll say that if you've seen Blade Runner, it's like this whole setup of him having amnesia is so dumb because it's just <laughs> like, well, I know, like, I know at least something is going on and it's not the same twist as Blade Runner, right. which is cool. Yeah. But it's similar enough that it's like, 
Well, I know he doesn't have amnesia, but or just have amnesia. You know what yeah, I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. There's something more to it. But my favorite part is that the intro of the game is just him going, yeah, so I'm like a bounty hunter cop now. <laughs> and then she's like, whoa, crazy. And he's like, yeah, oh, that's my ride. And just gets in a car and leaves. And like Yo. the setup of the game is literally that this dude just is becomes what's called a junker. And that's they're just Blade Runners. Um, they're special police that hunt down snatchers. Snatchers are replicants, right? So they're they're robots, except instead of just being humanoid robots where you can't tell the difference between a human and a robot, they're robots that look exactly like the ones from Terminator. Like, exactly. Patent pending, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first time I played this game, I was like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Because it's one of the intro, and I was just like, wait, you can't, can you do that? And the answer is no, but they did it anyway. Um, uh, they are the robots from Terminator, except they can steal people's identities and construct these biomechanical versions of people. So they like put on their skin and take their voice and become them, but they're evil and they do murder and crime. <laughs> they're cool like that. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, actually, they're just like way fucking cooler. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, they can shoot like glowing orbs out of their mouths. Too. Yeah. yeah. Also fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Justice for the for the <laughs> snatchers, dude. Uh, I was saying earlier too that the name of this game always kind of like annoyed me because it's like, why is it not called Snatchers, plural? If they're gonna go with Snatcher, but then also like if it was a parallel to Blade Runner, they would have called it Junker. But then they apparently didn't do that because it was too close to the name of another game, so they went with Snatcher, singular. Just like the worst choice they could have made. Yeah. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> the the Blade Runner was taken, which is like the coolest name ever. And yeah. You're stuck with Junker. I don't yeah. think you want to call it Junker. That just sounds, you know, like a guy that comes and picks up your, your you know, crash vehicle. Right. But For sure. Yeah, I guess so. Well, and I guess too, like, if it worked in a Japanese market, like, who cares? Because no one was going to fucking buy this game in America anyway. It was called Snatcher. It was on the Sega CD. Like, all 10 people in a Sega CD were going to buy a game called yeah, Snatcher. Yeah, nobody did, right? I mean, no. it wasn't very financially no. successful. Not at all. I mean, I remember, like, uh, I only knew what this game was because all that shit got clearance so hard that I was, like, at a, I don't know, like a myers or something or a big lots and they had like a display of all the sega cd shit and i was like wow this stuff's really cheap and then they had a copy of snatch i was like whoa this looks cool what is this but like you could have bought i could have bought all that stuff for probably like 10 bucks or something <laughs> dude if you had you know could have hung, hung on to it it's like 400 yeah. bucks now or something crazy. yeah well lost out mm -hmm. on many <laughs> on many low level investment opportunities like that in my life that's definitely not the worst go one. get all your vhs tapes graded <laughs> oh god right that's just the worst. it's a literal gold mine <laughs> yeah goonies yeah First edition Goonies. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. No. Oh my god. <laughs> On it, like side note, I cannot believe that people are trying to get all these different markets started. It's like stop trying to make VHS tapes worth money. No Come man, it's, it's end stage capitalism. Everything is yeah to, is for sale. It's a fire sale, bro. Come on. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so fucking stupid. That's just like if you put it in a, a <laughs> placard. Yeah, yeah. Frozen in amber. Yeah, it's worth money. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, 
So fucking stupid. But uh, what, what was I saying? <laughs> where, uh, where, where, oh, where we're talking we about the terrible name of this game. But anyway, so your, your dude, basically, he becomes a junker. They immediately give him a gun and let him be a cop, which is your first clue that he's not just a normal amnesiac guy, right? It's like... That's yeah, weird. I love that. Like first day on the job, it doesn't he has no memory? He's just like, all right, I'm a cop now. Yeah, I get a gun. It's like I know no you can, background checks. That's cool. I know you can do that in Minneapolis, but <laughs> I, I don't know if you could do that anywhere else. I don't know if you could do it in Japan. I'm probably not. You know, like that's how we do things around here. But um, anyway, yeah. So he becomes a junker. He's there to hunt down snatchers he immediately gets a robot sidekick who is called alternately Metal Gear and Mark II. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's like your funny little snarky companion. He comments on everything you do. He has a lot of opinions. He kind of thinks you suck, which is his coolest character trait because you do suck. <laughs> um, Gillian seed sucks. And yeah, you're kind of a dumbass in, in oh, the yeah. best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. You're just an asshole. And so you have this little robot walking around after you going like, dude, you suck like really <laughs> bad. Um, and it's kind of awesome, but yeah. And you get your hover car just like in Blade Runner and you're off to the races and yeah, you know, from there, yeah, it's literally the car from Blade Runner. Yeah, Like everything yeah. is literally the thing that it's from, which yeah. is kind of, kind of awesome. Well, to me, like the first time I played it and still to this day, like that was the appeal. Was that like, well, there isn't a Blade Runner video game, except there's Snatcher, so there is, yeah. you know? And I guess, like, the interesting thing they do with it is that there is a fair amount of subversion. Like, I th I think, you know, big picture with the story, um, despite just being Blade Runner, they actually take it in, like, a really different direction. And it's all very Kojima. So it's like they turn Blade Runner into a political thriller in the third act. Yeah. And yeah, the scope gets really big. Yes. Much bigger than Blade Runner would be. <laughs> right. And so like, I mean, on the one hand, if you're a big Blade Runner fan, like there's a missed opportunity there because they don't actually do anything like sophisticated or intelligent. With yeah. There's no, no Blade questions Runner. about like human identity or anything like that. No. It's very much like plot you know yeah kind of um yeah uh a big you know a twist and and save the world kind of deal yeah like what's the opposite of existentialism it's that <laughs> non-existentialism <I don't> <laughs> materialism yeah there yeah there we yeah go. There we go. like the car is just cool <laughs> yeah the robots are just bad sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah exactly sometimes the car is just yeah cool, yeah to paraphrase but uh yeah but I think that's kind of what makes it interesting and definitely what contributes to the charm in terms of like you are just looking at this thing and it just like is what it is. Because um, like yeah, that's the thing is like all these references, they're not deep, but they're like they're cool to see, especially the first time you play it. You know, so like, yeah, the things from Terminator in it, um, multiple characters from Akira just pop in, you know, just randomly like, you know, even in the first chapter, you're just running into people where it's like that that guy's from Akira or like you see stuff in the background. You're like, that's Akira. Um, also one of the main characters is literally just sting in David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause yeah. In that, like it, the look of that is, you know, it's kind of silly in live action, but it still looks awesome. But then you like translate it to this and it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that totally makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
David Lynch's Dune should have been an anime. Yeah, yeah. We, we've all known oh, all along. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, he would have probably appreciated that, I think. Yeah. He wouldn't have gotten a migraine when he talked to George Lucas. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite Lynch story, yeah. is that he's just like talking about like getting going to a restaurant and then they only have salad and he's like oh i like salad but it's all i had on the menu and i got a migraine and then i didn't direct return of the jedi i yeah. did dune instead god just like one of the most cursed like career choices ever but it worked out for him yeah i still think someone trying to explain to him like animate to him in the 80s would have been amazing yeah <laughs> you can make their what as big as you want wow how many waifus (laughs) so it's just one guy and a bunch of women i kind of like that idea (laughs) jesus christ but yeah like all, all these references are just like it's a mood board it's just stuff that kojima likes yes and he put it in his game and it is charming it's very charming I think because there's a lot of like skill and craft put into the game. Like the game is beautiful. The pixel art is so cool. The music is so good. And you know, these references are still, they put in the work to like make them work in universe. Like it's not just literally a character, you know, it's not literally Connie that shows up on a motorcycle. It's just like, Oh, that looks like, a character from Akira. Yeah. You know? Yep. So like, I think they actually did it in a really, a really charming way. Cause like this is something that came up recently. We were talking about, there's like a popular horror game right now that just has like random characters from other franchises in it. And there's no explanation. They just like pop in. It's like, Oh, pyramid heads here. Jojo's here. And it's like, that's so fucking dumb. Like that's so stupid. But then we play snatcher. It's like, well, this is the way you're going to do it if you're going to do it. You know yeah, what I mean? it's subtle enough that it's not like jarring. You yeah, know, it doesn't take you out of it. But I mean, it's just more like a nice like nod to any. And there's like self-referential stuff, too, with Metal Gear. And, oh, yeah, that's yeah, the big one. Outer Heaven and <laughs> yeah, and a lot. Yeah, a lot of self-referential stuff. I mean, in the soundtrack, I think one of the tracks is literally like the theme from Metal Gear 2. Which, oh, yeah, that song. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that's like sure. that's my like uh montage song. Like yeah. go out in the woods and chop some you know, chop some wood. <laughs> go I gotta chop wood, I'm going out to where they have the wood, the woods. Uh hell yeah. No, yeah, the the soundtrack uniformly is like fucking incredible. It's yeah, just, it really it really bangs. Yeah. It's like kind of insane. Yeah. To be honest. Like oh, the, yeah. just the like there's a couple of like themes, like the the opening theme, the ending theme are just like chef's kiss and then just the stuff like you know filling out the world like the investigation theme that like comes you're gonna hear that theme a million times and you're still not gonna get sick of it because it bangs it's good yeah you know that's that's the goal is like you know stuff where it's like isn't grating on you even though you've heard it like a million times yeah they have to use it for these scenes these cues or whatever and it's still it still bops yeah for sure no i uh i love it and i'll say too that like the two things about it I'm really impressed with. Number one, I don't always go out for like that kind of like that specific style where it's like that kind of bright, sunny, like almost like city poppy type shit or even just like synth wave type shit. Like I like a lot of music like that, but I don't just like some people just love it no matter what, you know? Yeah. I'm not yeah. like that. So I was really like impressed like with how fucking good the soundtrack is. The other thing is that it doesn't sound like the music in Blade Runner. No. Like at all. 
which I thought that was cool because the music in Blade Runner is so unique and iconic that if you wanted to, you could easily rip it off. And I know. I know. Because <laughs> I've done it for this show many times. Vangelis is spinning in his grave. Right yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's very easy to just do that. You know, like that that main like theme with the like saxophone and stuff. Like, it's so easy to just rip that off. But they for didn't. Sure. For sure. And I was like, that rocks that they actually did something like with their own yeah even the style. even the like ending theme which is like has notes of you know like mournful sax song right, tm right, right. Uh, even that is like completely original feeling and awesome right. yeah there's a there's a calm true song that samples that that is really awesome oh um, nice i love that i love that artist do you like calm trues at all yeah yeah it's cool he's like the best of the best at that there's so there's it feels like there's a million like synth wave and vapor wave artists where mm-hmm. they just like churn. It almost feels like an AI to be honest. Like at a certain yeah. point, you're like, because I like that music, so I'll I'll sift through it. But it's a lot of stuff to like get through. Yeah, uh, that all sounds the same. I feel like he he like mastered it, and it's yeah. like, all right, this is the creme de la creme. I'm just gonna listen to this, and the rest can be you know in the in the YouTube algorithm. Yeah, you know on. <laughs> on autoplay in the yeah. background when I'm doing something else, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a pretty succinct assessment. A lot of that stuff is just like YouTube autoplay music. And you hear it and you're like, that's a cool song. And you, if you try and dig deeper, it's like, I don't like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's only gonna get worse, I feel like. Oh yeah. With the with the AI stuff, it's just gonna be like, you're gonna hear a song once and you're and never hear it again. Yeah. And um, you're gonna be like, oh, that was a good song but there's like 10,000 other ones that are probably sound just as good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just as memorable. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. That's like really horrifying to think about. <laughs> so probably just going to breathe past Yeah. Let's, 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 yeah. let's get it's off. Dark space. Yeah. We can, we can get through it. Yeah. Through all right. It. We're pushing through. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so you and your little robot sidekick, you get out there, you start trying to, you start with a single murder mystery to solve, and then it spreads out into yeah, a your, whole. Your mentor, a first day on the job, guy gets killed. Um, which the, actually the first thing I probably alerted me to Snatcher as a thing was, I think it was like in a Game Informer magazine. And um, it was just, I think they were probably talking about Metal Gear or something, right. you know, so they're just like generally talking about Kojima. But the first thing I remember was just them talking about like the censorship and the different versions. And they were just like, they were just showing like side by side panels yeah. of like what had been censored. And like the first thing was like, yeah, that guy like getting his head cut off or something, you know? Yeah. And um, cause there's some like brutal, pretty brutal scenes like in this game. like. There's like a, a scene where there's like a dog that's kind of like eviscerated and it's a Doberman. I have a Doberman. So I'm like, oh, Alice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they killed Alice. <laughs> I forgot how gory this yeah, game is. It is. It is. It's like extremely fucking gory. And like, yeah, there's the dog scene is really upsetting. But even just like the first, yeah, the first investigation you do, you go and find this dude dead and his head's cut off and it's sitting in his lap. And yeah, he's blood just holding everywhere. it in his lap, you know, like a pumpkin yeah. or something. <laughs> so it's crazy because this is the censored version. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, that one thing I actually did want to bring up at some point, but I guess that's more of like the misogyny conversation, which I don't know if we're quite there yet. Is like the censorship, I think, is actually good. 
because they toned down a lot of the misogynistic like yeah. creepy shit yeah and then like I don't know how it would need to be more gory than it is yeah it's it's pretty like on point as it is for sure yeah 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 so you know a win for censorship I guess. <laughs> we're pro censorship we like censorship <laughs> but then like the, the misogyny stuff is more kind of hair raising in the sense that like yeah like they aged up one character yeah because she was originally 14 and you can uh like uh Could, romance yeah, her yeah dude <laughs> katrina's a female level disaster like yeah. that, <laughs> that shit is like what the hell dude. yeah even even with the age up it's just like oh god come on yeah but that's it, I, I feel like that's just like a product of i mean you were talking about anime and like how that's just kind of a trope um yeah it is it just it's just like a product of that you know those type of tropes in in that medium yeah um, but yeah I, I feel like i don't even i don't even, i don't even want to go down the road <laughs> i just want to be like yeah let's just ignore that well but, and that's like yeah. i feel like that is the like conclusion that you like people come to when they're like playing through this game they're like man it's kind of weird that like it gives you the option to hit on everybody yeah and then it's like we all in this game the way the gameplay works is that you literally brute force everything right so of course you're gonna brute force like some of these interactions to see if there's anything there and then you just end up with this like kind of punchline where like oh gideon what are you doing Gil- gideon gillian oh it's whatever whatever say. his name is yeah oh gillian yeah what like what are you doing and it's like well i was looking for fucking clues <laughs> and then i ended up you know in this situation which is being played for comedic effect which okay yeah (laughs) yeah well okay maybe it is a decent time to talk about it because we've set the groundwork for the story so let's talk about the gameplay and then we can also address the misogyny which really is the elephant in the room with this game um and one of the reasons why it hasn't aged so well but it's also aged better than a lot of kojima stuff especially from around this time like in certain ways like like police knots is this but Oh, way for, for real? fucking worse. Oh, yeah, I see. I see. Oh, I've yeah. never played it. Um, I don't even really know like what the story. I know the generalities about yeah. it. Yeah, but really, so it's like up to eleven. Yeah. What? I mean, in general, Police Knots is just like, what if Snatcher was really fucking bad, just in every <laughs> way? Like, it's just a pretty miserable experience. Um, oh no. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So okay, the way you play this game. Uh, it's basically an old school console adventure game and, you know, specifically Japanese, like the stuff, there were other games around this time that used the same style. And what that means is I think it's distinctly different from what we, at least in the West, think of as like old school adventure games, like Sierra, LucasArts. I mean, those are games, they were point and click. You move a guy around a screen by point and clicking and then you investigate things to find items and everything was like a weird item puzzle fetch quest. And those games were really, really complicated and difficult. Yeah. Com- was- combine these two items that have nothing to do with each other and it'll create a third item that has nothing to do with those two items. Right. I mean, there's like some logical leap that you have to make, but it's like big sort enough of. where you're like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like that was like their whole brand. Right. It was just like, man, this sucks. But like, (laughs) you know, they're good games. I liked those games a lot when I was a kid. I don't really have the patience for them as an adult, but I was, yeah, yeah. I loved them as a kid. It was just, there was something about them that, um, just at that time really hit, really hit hard. And 
yeah um some of those are just like classics you know but, yeah but th- yeah this is definitely this in, is yeah. kind of in that vein but like a little different like you said because it's console so you can't you're not clicking mm-hmm. on things you're scrolling through a menu right and i actually think that has made the game age a lot better because like i think a lot of those LucasArts games now they seem really clunky Whereas this game, I know a lot of people think it's clunky, but I just don't get it. Because, like, this game is so simple. Yeah. Like, all you do is you go into an area. You can move from room to room in the area. And then in each room, you have a few different commands. You can open a look menu, and it shows you everything in the room you can look at. You can open an investigate menu, opens up everything in the room you can investigate. And then there's, like, a, a couple talk commands, and then you can look in your inventory. And that's it. So it's like, it is kind of clunky in a sense, but it's it's basic enough that you can, that it can't, it doesn't get in your way too often. Right. And the only thing that I kind of noticed was that like the look and the investigate functions sometimes felt reversed to me. I yeah. was like, all right, I'm going to look at this thing and then I'll investigate, you know, some portion out of it or whatever. And then sometimes it was just like, no, I have to look at it like two more times in order to get the investigate option that I want or that I need to progress. Those were the only times where it felt like, I don't know if clunky is the right word. It just, it's part of the mechanic is that you got to look at something like multiple times. Like you might need to do that in real life to like figure something out. You might have to actually like look at the entire object or whatever multiple times. Yeah. So, so in that sense, yeah, I don't know if clunky is the right word. The only other time that I felt like kind of frustrated with the, the gameplay was there's a, there's a section where you're in a vent. Yeah. And uh, in order to get out of the vent, the only way to like keep going forward in the, or progressing the game is to just kind of bash your head against the menu. Uh And so I'm just like sitting there just come on, come on. Uh And it's literally, you just have to like click. I don't know if it's, you have to click in the right order or if you have to just click it enough times. And then it finally lets you proceed. And I was just like, Oh, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah, <laughs> there's multiple sections of the game where that happens. And it's usually just because they want you to use the look and investigate function in a certain order. Yeah. With, but when there's multiple options, you can see how like, it's kind of like needle in a haystack. Cause logically there's no reason why look and investigate would be different things. Like, I guess, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, that's, that's one of the things is, yeah, I didn't understand what the difference because it changes based on the context is like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm looking around the room. Investigating would mean that I like go up to the thing, right? And yeah. grab it or manipulate it or whatever. But then it's just like, sometimes feels like you said, random where it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm looking, I'm investigating. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> let me just keep putting, punching these inputs, see what happens. I mean, and that's yeah. the only time it took me out of it was yeah. that it did feel like, all right, mash keyboard now. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And like, I think this game, just like the more complex gamey adventure games of Sierra and LucasArts, it's best played with a walkthrough. I mean, if you want to save yourself some time. Yeah, like I I, it it didn't bother me enough to like I never got frustrated enough where I did feel like, all right, I got to go look something up. I feel like the puzzles are, you know, easy enough um, that you don't need to uh but if you if you are so inclined they're not like it's not going to ruin your experience to yeah to look it up i feel right. um but the, it, that's one thing that i hate 
one thing that I hate in games is sometimes it like, oh, all right, I'm stuck by this puzzle and I, I want to figure it out because that's right. the point. But I know that it's going to take me, you know, X amount of time because I'm just not getting it right. And then right. you know, look it up and then you can continue on. You know, I feel like that's when I start to check out a little bit sometimes yeah. it's because like, all right, I'm playing this game and I'm cheating you know <laughs> like right and i i don't I, I feel like snatcher was not bad enough where that didn't you know that wasn't happening a lot which to me like really up the the fun factor yeah well that's why I, I mean i think the simplicity of the actual game interface and how you play is really really smart because like i said i think it makes the game feel less clunky than some of the old adventure games but it also plays into the whole game structure which i think is like the genius piece of game design here because they really did try to make it feel open-ended. Like yeah. there are many, many points in the game where they don't tell you where to go. Yeah. You find a hint or a clue and you're like, okay, I should probably go there, but you might not even have the option to go there yet. Like you have to go around to the different places that are available to you. You have to investigate, you have to actually, I mean, I mean you're not actually doing like PI work or whatever, but it, it makes, makes you feel like yes, you are. Yes. Yeah. It tricks your brain into being like, I'm a detective. Like yeah. you're like a little kid, put it on the like costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is like, that's how I felt when I was actually like a kid when I played this game, <laughs> but then playing it again recently, I was like, it still works. Yeah. Like, it's still, yeah. It's it, still a hundred percent works on me. Personally. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice little magic trick. It's it. And it like, it doesn't get in its own way. Yeah. You know, it, it still tells the story and, and the gameplay is just engaging enough where you're, you feel uh, like you're, you're in the story. Right. I mean, right. and it's, it's not, yeah, they, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't get in its own way. in the fact that, you know, for the sake of it, of being super challenging, they throw in this like weird, like, you know, Dark Souls boss in the middle where you're like, right. all right, how do I, I have to look this up. <laughs> right. I think the one time I might've looked something up was, um, there was a, a little puzzle about uh, some history yeah, with like the French Revolution. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll just fucking Wikipedia this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm no buff. I'm no. That's what I mean. It's like, especially for me, because I've played this game many times. So on my recent playthrough, I was just like, I would get uh, like, I'd get to a place where I was like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't feel like it. And so I just have a guide open and I would just look it up. Cause like, I know I'm supposed to go back to HQ and go to the computer oh, yeah. and yeah. look it up. And it's like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause you're literally just going back to use Google or, or Wikipedia yeah. in the game. Why not just like look it up? Because yeah, yeah. cause it does the turbo cycle is like slow as hell, you know? Yeah. So you're like, all right, I have to watch this little you know screensaver yeah. to go to the next yeah no I, I i totally i totally get that so that that was how i used a, a walkthrough which but i would say like your first play i mean you don't really need it and it's fun to just be like immersed in the world because like yeah that that is the thing that's really well done and also really charming about this game is like you actually have to move around the world and act like a detective yeah and, and do all stuff and and the game is actually very well done in that regard and I think part of the reason it is so well done is that, yeah, it doesn't try to shoehorn in combat. It doesn't try to shoehorn in other gameplay. It doesn't even try to do the like Western adventure game thing. It's literally just like menus, yeah. but yeah, even the combat is yeah. essentially a menu. <laughs> you're, you're pointing yeah. and clicking. The one of the, so that's a good segue to the one other thing you do in the later versions of the game is that there's light gun based combat. 
So whip out your light guns, people. Yeah. We know you got them. So this is a very unfortunate choice that did essentially like doom the game to be dated very early on. You know what I mean? Like, cause like by the time flat screens were ro- rolling out in the mid two thousands, that was like the end of light guns. You yeah, because you need the CRTV, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the game's combat is supposed to be done with a light gun. The way that it works in an emulator, and this time I did the same thing you did that you suggested to me where I just played it in a browser, which you can do. Dude, I, that was the way to go for me. Yeah. It worked, it worked really well. You know, you got like save states and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, because I was trying to set up Sega CD emulation because I've done it before in the past and it was such a pain in the ass that I was like, fuck this. And then you were like, I just played it in a browser. And I was like, okay. So I did that and that was great. Now, the thing that's great is that this time, the way that it worked in the browser was that, you know, the way it works in the game is that a grid pops up on screen. Enemies pop up in the grid and you're supposed to point your gun at the specific grid square you want to hit and fire. Now, the way that it works in this simulator was that essentially all you would do is just press the direction of the grid square. So it snaps to the center. If a guy pops up above you, you press up. If it's upper left, you press, you know, up and left. You know, you get it. But the first time I play this game and the first handful of times I play this game, I don't know if it was a glitch in the emulator or a glitch in the ROM I had or something. It wouldn't snap to center. Oh no. So you had to page around like node by node and it made the combat sections almost fucking impossible. European extreme, baby. (laughs) Yeah, literally it was European extreme. And thinking about it now, the fact that I beat the game like that multiple times is fucking insane yeah because those sections are not easy like the, yeah. some of some of them get hard at the end like there's yeah. one i think the final one before uh where you're fighting like those spiders yeah that was insane like i yeah i had to go back because i didn't like save state before that yeah so i had to like go back and then i was getting frustrated and i was playing in the browser i was playing like on a tablet and i was like fuck i gotta i got a keyboard out yeah <laughs> and like actually do it well because it with the keyboard it's very doable but it's still not really like easy like it's still pretty fucking hard yeah it was kind of fun though because i was like oh i'm gonna like have to actually yeah battle this like boss section yeah this like mavis beacon teaches typing boss (laughs) section like what the fuck typing of the dead ass shit (laughs) yeah i mean i you heard it here first snatcher is the dark souls of 90s adventure games (laughs) you know like that's just it is what it is (laughs) But yeah, like it's a really odd choice. I mean, I've never actually played it with a light gun, but just seeing how fast it moves, it's like, this seems like it would be really fucking hard with a light gun, actually. Yeah, yeah, I've never used one of those, but in this context, I feel like, yeah, they're not that good, you know? No, (laughs) I I mean, for like the speed at which enemies pop on the screen is, is pretty alarming. And it really is like... I don't know. Most light gun games, I think people think about as having a more manageable speed. This is like whack-a-mole. Yeah. And even like, I guess the whole idea came from Konami doing Lethal Enforcers, which was a very popular light gun game at the time that was in the arcade. And I guess also Sega CD, which I didn't remember, but like I played a shit ton of Lethal Enforcers in the arcade. And I can tell you, Lethal Enforcers was much slower than this. Like, (laughs) I just really don't know because like it's also like not super accurate the light gun you know so it's like I really don't know what they were thinking with this one but it's part of the game's legacy it's part of the weird and wacky fucking tapestry that is this game but I mean 
it it is kind of a bummer that there isn't like a version of this game in English you can play that like takes out those parts because I think that would overall be just like a much better game. Yeah, I could imagine that there's some people that get to those and just shake their heads and be like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, you know, because you the you run into one pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they they pop up every so often, but yeah, usually they're not too bad. But I could see where somebody was just like, "Nah, I'm I'm not gonna fuck with this." That's actually to me one of the funniest things about it is like there aren't that many in the game. So imagine you were playing it on console the time it came out. You had to have your light gun hooked up and at the ready for a game where most of the time you just talk to people and look at things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and it's <laughs> <laughs> like really weird. Yeah. Anytime that that scream would pop up, it would be like kind of anxiety inducing because you have to like pull out your revolver and I would always forget the key combo yeah. to pull out your revolver. Yeah. And then I would just die. I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah so yeah having to plug it and plugging in the light gun yeah. ah! <laughs> well that's like one of the big tragedies of this game is that it has never had a modern re-release where they could maybe apply some fixes or do some rom hacking or something and it's really a bummer because there's definitely an opportunity there <laughs> yeah come on that. konami uh, <laughs> we don't want metal gear delta we want <laughs> snatch your delta metal gear delta <laughs> <laughs> triangle metal gear triangle how is that the thing? That's, How is that's, that? Because because uh, they didn't want to call it three because they're starting it. All, they're banking on starting the franchise over. And yeah. So they, now they're going in timeline order. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll see how much everyone likes fucking DreamWorks ass Solid Snake. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He looks cross-eyed in that trailer. Like, yeah. It literally looks like he's like, yeah, what's up, guys? He looks like a DreamWorks dad who got lost <laughs> in the woods. He looks <laughs> fucked up, dude. That trailer, oh my god. God. Watching that was like, oh, yeah, it just made me real sad. I was like, oh no. That, here I, we go. <laughs> I told you this in private, but I'll say it on air now. It was in that PlayStation showcase. It was so fucking bad and so underwhelming that like when they started that trailer and it was a bunch of animals like eating each other but it starts with an ant I was like oh fucking great they're gonna do a sim ant reboot that's gonna be their killer app for this sim dog ant. shit fucking I put this shit out of some sim ant dude yeah <laughs> I God. but that was you like you took what you could get with yeah. the sim stuff <laughs> yeah oh yeah I rocked some serious sim ant yeah for sure, at the school computer lab. Yeah. It's like, oh, they got Simant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Get the two liters of Mountain Dew, bro. <laughs> got Simant tonight. We're doing Simant. <laughs> but yeah, that that does it. I know it's just like a tiny reveal trailer, but even in that, there's so much to be like. This looks bad. <sighs> the idea was good, like the general idea, like food yeah. chain. I get it, but. Like, for some reason, the execution was just like, what is this? Yeah. And they chose a snippet of the theme song that's, like, not memorable. There's, like, a... Ba -da they didn't do that. They didn't? No, it's, oh. like, a different, like, random part of it that they excerpted. Like... Yeah, they needed the What a Thrill or something. There was, know. like, four or five moments they could have chosen over the one that they did. Was, I really thought he was going to say something, too, because it just, like, it goes through this whole, like food chain narrative bullshit and then it goes, settles on like his face coming out of like the darkness yeah <laughs> and he just doesn't say anything and then it just does whatever throwaway musical cue is yeah. and and then it's over and you're like well 
Um, yeah, not even a kept you waiting. Like yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's it, how you. Yeah, Metal you, Gear is so fucking tropey. The buttons to push to get people excited are so easy. It's right there, and yeah. they're just like, no. Who's even developing it? Does anyone know? I don't know. Just don't internal know. Konami. They're not revealing the the details. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Because you know, if if Kojima was involved at all in any way, they'd have that plastered all over everything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, that's no, that's the divorce is over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. You know, they paid the uh, the family law attorney yeah. all their money <laughs> so they could invest in Pachinko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now they're having their midlife crisis, so they're remaking the yeah the classics. The yeah, bangers. god yeah. damn. Oh boy. Um, damn tangent <laughs> where were we uh we were oh we were talking about light guns yeah light, light guns. gun shooting yeah so the light gun shooting is i don't know it's definitely one of the choices they made in this game um <laughs> it was a, one of the all yeah. time choices yeah one of the game mechanics of all time <laughs> certainly but i mean yeah it's, it is kind of also part of that conversation of like this game kind of aging in a really weird and awkward way yep. is like the light gun stuff isn't great but i think the basic gameplay is and i actually found an article online that was like this game's aged like shit it's not fun to play and they were talking just the like the menus suck and i was like well then if you, you just have, don't like this game yeah if you have no context for that type of game i could see that yeah but at the same time it's just like no dude it's it's easy enough to to manage you know going from place to place you just don't like this type of game i feel like if that's your take right well and and yeah context is super important because like this i mean this would have been a couple years the original game came out in 88 and despite all the radical changes they made to the presentation over the years they didn't change the gameplay at all right not besides well besides the light gun which is a downgrade if anything so they didn't change the gameplay at all and you have to remember that 88 would have just been like a couple years after dragon quest and the original dragon quest was so huge and so influential in japan that it you can see its echoes in a ton of games from the time and dragon quest has this menu system that is like the most insane confusing fucked up menu system ever so you play snatcher it's not like that but you can see the echoes of like the psychotic dragon quest menu system like the dragon quest menu system was like you go up to a door and it's like you click like interact and then you click like door and then you click like open and then confirm like that's how you open a door (laughs) i mean i'm exaggerating a bit but that's basically how dragon quest works and like, even if you play like, if you play like the original Mother or like Earthbound Zero, if you're fucking American, <laughs> um, that's kind of how the menus work in that game too. And so like, whenever that game gets hauled out of the vault, people are like, why does it play like this? And it's like, ah, young one, ye have not played Dragon Quest. That's okay. But everyone should at least play 10 minutes of Dragon Quest if they ever want to understand 80s Japanese video games. It's like first person dungeon crawler, right? With menus. Dragon Quest? Yeah. Uh, no, actually. So, well, well, maybe Dragon Quest was part first-person dungeon crawler. I actually can't remember. It's been so long since I even thought about this. But 
that was a very popular genre in Japan, which I've talked about on the show before that like in Japan in the 80s, the first person dungeon crawler was a hugely popular genre. And Snatcher is kind of a take on that type of game. Yeah. Because like in those games, there would be a tile map, like a geometric tile map, and you'd move around it. Um, and you would go forward, back, left, right, depending on what you had available to you. This game does that in a way with the advanced retreat to go through rooms or to like next room or whatever. The difference is that you never have a map and it's never a maze. It's always just a straight shot. Right. And yeah. you're just going forward, back. But the interface and the presentation style of Snatcher is exactly on par with any of that 80s Japanese dungeon crawler stuff. So. Anything from like, you know, Shin Megami Tensei to like, you know, the I can't remember if Wizardry was Japanese or Wizardry was the, the Western game that influenced all Japanese games, but all that kind of stuff, you know, like it was all in this style and Snatcher is vaguely in that style. So if you have that context, Snatcher is actually so streamlined yeah. to almost be modern, you know, and that's I, I think that's actually an impressive piece of game design, like they kind of knew that they wanted it to hit an audience that would be more of a general audience, right? Because like anime, you know, anyone can sit down and watch an anime or anyone can sit down and watch a movie. Video games don't generally have that appeal unless you kind of engineer that into the game. And I think Snatcher is actually, besides the light gun stuff, Snatcher is actually one of those games. That's yeah. Like, yeah. It's so easy to use. Yeah. You could, you could drop it in and figure it out you know even yeah. if you haven't played a video game before you're gonna be like it's intuitive enough where you can you know you be you could beat it if yeah except for the <laughs> the combat yeah yeah well and that's the other thing too is that at this time which like once again i mean the, just to just fully be like i'm 100 years old at this time <laughs> you couldn't watch it's okay christian's not here <laughs> yeah 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 fuck you christian <laughs> if you're listening to this fuck you um <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this time, you couldn't watch people play games on the internet. If you were watching someone play a video game, you were in the same room as them. And this carried on for a very long time. So like video games that were fun to watch other people play was kind of a subset of video games. And that actually added some value to a game. So like if a game was kind of like an adventure game or an RPG, but didn't require long stretches of grinding or hanging out in menus, it actually, once again, had more of a mass appeal. You could show it to your mom. You could show it to your girlfriend. You could show it to your friend. Like, or even like you, if you're like me, like my neighbors were into a lot of shit like that, I could sit down and watch them play it. And that was like a big divide between these kind of games. It's like, oh, like Chrono Trigger is a game that's fun to watch and play because it's very streamlined. But like Breath of Fire isn't, you know? So it's like, you know, Snatcher is a game that's fun to play or watch. I mean, if you don't want to fuck around with any of this shit, you can watch a YouTube video of Snatcher and enjoy it. And I don't mean that as an insult for once. I always say that as an insult. Like, I actually don't mean that as an insult because Snatcher is basically just like bubblegum crisis, but Blade Runner flavored. That's you know? yeah. That's a good comparison, I'd say. You know Thank what you. I mean? So it's like, that's actually a cool thing about this game. But a very uncool thing about this game is the rampant misogyny, which we now are going to talk about. <laughs> okay. We got there. We got there. So, okay. The thing with the misogyny, we've talked, you and I have talked before about just generalized misogyny in Kojima games. Yep. Um, and I don't think Snatcher is the worst, but it is the most flagrant 
in its inclusion of misogynistic ideas and tropes. Yeah, it's almost almost like cartoony, like cartoonishly bad. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Except for and police knots once again is actually the worst. And police knots is heavily based on Snatcher, so you could argue that like, well, you know, it's the dad of this whole thing to keep the Father's Day theme going. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't think there was anything bad in like Metal Gear One or Two, right? Not that I can remember. I don't. I don't. But remember. there's there's story light. Yeah. There's you know yeah. I mean? There wasn't enough there. So I guess my point is is that this is his first shot at like yeah. full blown story, and then it's like let's uh, let's say I'll sprinkle in a little little flavor text. Yeah. Misogynistic <laughs> flavor text. So the thing in this game is that there's two components to it. Number one, Gillian. I said it. Man, it's it takes so much effort and exertion to say Gillian. I don't know why. I love it. It was supposed to be Jillian, I guess, but then yeah. they figured out that was mostly a female name yeah. in America. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Gillian's a horny motherfucker. He wants to fuck every woman that he meets. It's all he can think about. It's all he can do. If you put him in the presence of a woman, he just becomes a fuck machine. And like, he needs <laughs> to get there. But the game, <laughs> the game is written by people who aren't just, they're not like the worst anime like weirdos in the world so they understand that that's not how relationships work right yeah. so instead they compromise by letting you hit on and attempt to fuck every woman in the game trying to fuck he's just trying to fuck <laughs> and it's so fucking weird because this isn't a dating sim you can't date or have sex with these characters there's no end point for this you literally just have the option to harass every woman in the game including a character who's 18 in our version <laughs> and is 14 in the original oh god which, and like her dad's just been murdered yeah. <laughs> and so you're like hey what's up that's the other How's thing going <laughs> A shocking number of these conversations, not just that one, <laughs> happen in the wake of a death of a close friend or family member. So there's a console option. Yeah, yeah. No, dude. He is consoling in his own way. What? <laughs> no. Like, that's my reaction to just the whole inclusion of this mechanic. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, what? Yeah. Who did? This is psychotic. There's some people try and rectify it by saying that like, well, is it you that's the pervert because uh -huh. you're the one that's choosing the option? It's like, like I said previously, you know, there's a lot of brute forcing in this game. So like, I'm, you know, as far as dialogue options go, you're rather limited. Right. So you might click on it and be like, all right, well, yeah, like I said, I'm looking for clues and then stumbled into this mess. But yeah, there, there is a lot of um, just kind of like, why why like the literally like the first person you talk to is like mika and and he's already like on a mission trying to yes. beg mika off the bat and you're like okay yeah let's just not let's let's tone it down let's well, just settle down here first day on the job yeah. you got no memories and you're like all right the best slash worst part of this is that he is married yeah, but they're estranged, if you would. Right. But every conversation he has with his wife, because they are still married, yes. it revolves around one point, which is that he wants to make it work. Yes. But. Yeah. Yes. He's, uh, <laughs> he also, he's committed to making the, the ridiculous situation work, yeah. He wants to make it work, 
but he also wants to fuck every single person he meets. Right. And so it's and like, if it wasn't for that cock block Mark II metal yeah, gear. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, is it's like, there's a, there's a little guy constantly commenting like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, oh. that's the best, that's the most funny shit in the game. <laughs> I know. And that's like, I can't decide if this is the worst, most misogynistic Kojima game or the least because they acknowledge that you're just like, a horrible monster uh, they want it both ways like it, I said, yeah i feel i feel like but it, it works if you want to if you want to give it the benefit of the doubt you can you can do that because yeah he fails spectacularly every yeah, time and every it's, time. it's really funny um if you're like you know a child and you like the movie porkies from like the 80s or something right like if you like revenge of the nerds yeah you're gonna find this shit hilarious that yeah he, he puts his face in it every time or foot in it or whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah, he puts his foot in it. He's trying to put his face in it. He ain't, <laughs> yeah, he ain't get He there. missed. Nah, he sucks at this shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and it's also a thing that you can completely ignore in the game. And like the game story kind of also completely ignores it. Like except, until, yeah. except for the grand finale. <laughs> right. Which is him being like, I want to make it work with you, but also <laughs> you and you and you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he rides off in the sunset to go to some like factory in moscow De russian death mission yeah yeah there's like yeah there's a there's like a cliffhanger almost for like a sequel yeah it's such a fucking weird game and it's like i think with all this stuff you could argue that it's aged horribly because it has but at the same time like with the whole tone and style of the game it also like makes complete sense yeah in oh, a way. oh yeah yeah and can we can we spoil shit because yeah yeah let's just right. i guess okay uh if you got this far and you haven't played the game go go google snatcher play browser <laughs> and then go play snatcher and come back in a few hours yeah. boom there you go so there's a point in the game where uh harry dies uh -huh. and harry is like this dude that you just like barely have talked to that's like at the junker he's like the yeah, whatever the mechanic at like the Junker headquarters. He's the he's the janitor from Futurama. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he has pretty much like the same dialogue. Options. Yeah. And and there's there's a point where you find him and he's been killed. He's been murdered by like a snatcher, and it turns into like a big plot point. And that's where I just started laughing, and I was just like, of course, this random side character is your son. <laughs> like, yeah. So okay, let's talk about where this story goes because it is fucking awesome like it's awesome because it's so fucking dumb yeah and incredible yes but imagine uh, waiting like six years to get like the ending to yeah. your beloved snatcher <laughs> franchise and you're like all right i'm ready uh -huh. you know it's like it's like avengers endgame you got your popcorn uh -huh. and then then you get kind this. of yeah harry on the steps dying yeah it's, it's like a really emotional scene too like yeah. they play it straight which is even makes it more hilarious yeah Yes, this game also, I mean, it's mostly just funny how over the top and ridiculous it is, but they do also try and sell some of these scenes as serious and it just induces like the most intense tonal whiplash I've like ever experienced maybe. <laughs> yeah, the Harry one was the one that got me. I, yeah. was, I was dying. I was yeah. absolutely dying while I was playing yeah. it. So, okay, the setup for this game, like I said, it's Blade Runner. And if you've seen Blade Runner, you know that like the big twist is that Basically, replicants have gotten so good in secret that nobody knows who is and isn't a replicant. And it is 
more or less stated, although no one actually literally says it, but it's more or less stated that the main character, Deckard, is a replicant. And the ending is him finding another replicant that's been hidden in society and they run off together. Um, that's the ending of the movie. So when you start this game and they have amnesia, you're like, okay, they're snatchers. But yeah. they're, and there is one like good quote unquote, like good snatcher who is essentially functions the same as like Deckard um, or Rachel did in the movie Blade Runner. Um, so you're like, they're that, but they're not that. No, they are it's not. It's no. actually so much weirder. So basically as you're going about your business, trying to solve these mysteries, you stumble into the first big twist slash mystery, which is that snatchers are much deeply or are much more deeply embedded into society than anyone thought. And it turns out that the guy who's the head of the junkers has been snatched. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a snatcher. <laughs> um, and so you kill him and it starts this whole dialogue about like what's really going on here. And it turns out that the Snatcher program is actually like an international espionage program. Yeah, yeah, the Russians are trying to replace all the world leaders. Yes. And control the world by having them all be secret robots. Snatchified. Yes. So then that's the next big twist. And you're like, holy shit. Oh, my God. But then you go this really confusing moment where you find out that like the map of Neo Kobe is the same as the map of the place in <laughs> yeah. Russia where side note, the backstory all took place. And the backstory is that there was a thing called the calamity that spread like a giant, like biohazard all over the world. Lucifer alpha. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that happened. Sorry, skipped that. But uh, the map of the place in Russia where that happened is the same as the map of Neo Kobe. And it turns out that you and your wife and someone else were actually all cryogenically frozen in the basement of that place in Russia and pulled out and ended up in Japan. Yeah. So yep. you're like, how did that happen? Well, then you do the final mission and the game tells you how that happened, which is that um jesus christ i really have to think hard here to in like an hour cutscene, it tells you that there was a love triangle uh-huh where they were making they were like working on snatchers they couldn't figure out the skin that yeah. was like the big thing and um and killian seed is a cia operative uh-huh. which like having been him through the whole game you know he's too much of a dumbass to like yeah. get pull that off <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and then so he, he falls in love. Him and Jamie fall in love, and then this guy uh, Elijah Modnar is uh-huh. the scientist, uh, which is random Hajil backwards or random Hajil is Elijah Modnar yeah. backwards. Whoa! And that's the good snatcher galaxy that, brain moment right? that you meet in the game, and he sacrifices himself. Yes, yeah, and and it was made after like a model of this guy's uh, anyways the the professor modner uh it's like a model of his son i think yeah and yeah so the it's really funny because like they his original motivation for like destroying the world or whatever or like uh doing the snatcher project is this like love triangle and then the game's just like and he kind of forgot about that whole Jamie thing. And then he just wanted to be evil. It's yeah. Like, it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's so fucking bizarre. But yeah. So you three, you, you know, you, your wife and the antagonist of the whole fucking game were apparently on this project. The Russians were trying to do. You helped develop it. But your character is like a CIA operative 
who was there to like sabotage it. And finding all this out is a big deal, I get. Like, it's so hard to. This scene is like the original Kojima psychotic, like, movie length um, yeah. info dump. Yep. Except it's like the most. Well, maybe the second most like insane, unhinged, and hard to follow like one of these ever. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty. Um, it's just like, and then, and then this twist happened, and then this twist happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that you mentioned earlier that I love is that it turns out you were cryogenically frozen, so you're from 1989, and like everything you know is dead. Everything, everyone you loved is like dead and gone. But it also turns out that Scruffy the janitor was your son. Yeah. Yep. And like he died in your arms. And like <laughs> instead of like my favorite thing about this is that like Gillian never like comes to his senses and like becomes an intelligent like or like emotional person. He's just a fucking idiot the whole game. So like when he finds this out, it's not like it unlocks a memory for him. And he's like, <gasps> he's like instead he's like, damn, I didn't even know. My son yeah, died he- in my arms. And it's like, God, it's so fucking good, dude. It's so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, and then he's talking to Jamie, and he's just like, can you believe it? Yeah. And it's like, not really, I can't. <laughs> like, no, this is really fucking weird, dude. And like, yeah, and then the actual ending of the game is the good snatcher, random Hajil, uh wakes up and basically, like, helps you kill the bad guy. Yeah, he, like, he's self-destructs and takes out the bad guy right and or i can't there there's a it's like an orbital strike yeah there's an orbital strike that happens yeah yeah i think what he does is he he does something to so you can get out of there so you don't get hit by the orbital strike yeah orbital strike he sacrifices himself for you twice in the game and it's it's very random yeah uh so he lives up to his name for sure but yeah, I, I love it. Like, I totally forgot how insanely long and bizarre and rambling that whole, like, final exposition dump is. Yeah, Act 3 is kind of... It's it's kind of rough. I mean, like, oh, yeah. in, as far as just, like, pacing-wise. I love yeah. it. But, yeah, you there's not a lot of investigating to do. Like, no. Acts 1 and 2 are very much, like, you're putting together the puzzle pieces, and it feels very, like engaging and then act three is kind of like all right sit back and watch the finale right yeah and it's it's crazy though because like that has now become just like a trope in kojima games yeah this is like the beginning of the the badness (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a trope yeah it it works it works sometimes sometimes yeah it works in death stranding yes yeah yeah death stranding there's some there's some parallels there yeah a bit as far as structure wise yeah uh and and other stuff and i think people the, people liked it in metal gear solid too oh yeah i'll take myself out of the the conversation and say people liked it when he did that in metal gear solid too yeah i think he i think he just is okay with doing that because he's like this is my movie yeah watch the f- climax of my movie yeah um you know yeah maybe in four i'll put a little hallway scene where you can yeah but (laughs) well four yeah we've already been there let's not let's not touch that four is like this gone very wrong but it's i was surprised you know returning to it and seeing how well it all works because it's so many of his like 
gooeyest impulses, you know? Yeah. All thrown into one game, but like it works because the whole game is kind of just like watching a weird anime that you occasionally like fiddle with. Yeah. You know? And so like that whole end part. And I, I appreciated how it feels like him more than it feels like Blade Runner. Yes. It, yeah, it very much does. I was like, oh, I, yeah. How are they going to wrap this up? Oh, the most Kojima way possible. Of course. Yeah. Well, and I, and I don't know if I would have loved it if they had just done the thing from Blade Runner because Blade Runner is perfect. And like that yeah. ending is so good. And, and it, it wouldn't have made sense tonally. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's that there's way too much, you know, psychological kind of questions happening at the end of that. Right. Which wouldn't have made sense with this. Yeah. And I think like it did kind of make me think about Deadly Premonition because like Deadly Premonition it's hard to tell if they assume the player has seen Twin Peaks or not. Uh, and so like there are moments where it diverts or diverges and there's moments where they just do the thing from Twin Peaks. Whereas like this one, I think Kojima is assuming you've seen Blade Runner and he's like, you're in on it with me. You've seen all these movies, right? You've seen Akira, you've seen Dune, like blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to take what you're expecting and subvert it somewhat. And I'm going to show you my big idea. Yeah. And that big idea ends up being a lot of the stuff that he would do for like the whole rest of his career. Yeah. So it is, it is really fascinating. Like, and I think the thing that you see a lot of people say that I think is true is like, if you love Kojima, if you love Metal Gear, like you do need to at least familiarize yourself with Snatcher, you know, like I think you should play it now that you can just open up a browser tab and fucking play it like with save states and everything. It's like, yeah, you should probably play it. But even if that's a too big of an ask for whatever reason, just go watch a video or something yeah, of it. Yeah, it's not too long. I, I as far as hours, I don't know how, how many. Think, yeah, like probably like six or seven hours. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty quick. I mean, yeah, and I played it. I did not binge it. I was playing it like every so often, and that felt really just fun. Just yeah. like to hop on and just you know make some progress and then just hop off yeah I, I felt like that was a, a fun way to play it and yeah i mean it's um it's just full of like little nuggets of interesting things yeah like the the buffalo like mm-hmm. <laughs> they they, yeah. they keep referencing buffalo because it's like this exotic um culinary thing that you can eat which i don't know it just seems like a very 80 80s thing to be like yeah you know, <laughs> hunted out of existence, this will become a d- delicacy in yeah. you know, 20, whatever, 2035 or whenever this game is set. Well, and it's, if you like all this stuff, it's really fascinating because it'll be like a reference to a reference to a reference. So yeah. like the movie Blade Runner is loosely based on Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? If you've read that, you know just how loose it is. But in the movie, they include a subplot that's about like, rare animal reproductions so it's like we don't have snakes so someone made like a fake snake and he tracks down like the scale that he found and he finds the snake the guy who sells snakes or whatever and so that's like a reference to do androids dream of electric sheep and then in this one there's this whole weird fixation on buffalo which is like a reference to a reference to a reference you know or like there's this stuff that's called like isn't it called like snow nine, the yeah. like Paul that's in the air, which to me felt like a portmanteau of like snow crash, famous cyberpunk novel and ice nine, which is like, you know, a Vonnegut reference. Um, and so I was like, Oh yeah. Like 
these are references to references. There's like, you know, there's an overt reference to the term cyberpunk, like right in the beginning where that screen pops up. That's like, this is dedicated to those cyberpunks who fight injustice every day of their lives. Fucking awesome. So awesome. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know, like even like the intro of this game is like, perfect it's insanely perfect like all the little shots of people on the street or like the way that like the conversation with him and his wife is animated like it's so anime but it's also so good and it's got all these 80s references and yeah it's really really cool i mean if you like all this shit the game is like so fascinating to play yeah you know yeah you're gonna find something that that gets to you you know yeah that's gonna just stick out for me i remember it was it was for whatever reason it was just like oh that's just interesting i like that i like that reference to something becoming a delicacy yeah um and then just other stuff um i liked napoleon's character a lot yeah i thought he was awesome just like this guy that you meet that's like an informant um that you gotta bribe yeah (laughs) to get information from and scummy little akira dude yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, there's tons of stuff like that in this game. And it's just so, like, I don't know. The thing that I always loved about this game at a base level, even putting all, aside, all that aside, is that it's such a good, like, world simulator. Like, it's such a good way to jump in and experience a world. And, like, you feel like you're moving around the game world and being a detective in that world. And it's just really fun. It's really effective at that. And this was decades before we even thought about game worlds. You know what I mean? Like now we think of everything as a game world and we think about our immersion in the game world and we have all this and that other term and whatever. But like this was way before all that. They made a game that was literally just about immersing you in the world and letting you do stuff, you know, and like not all that stuff is great, obviously, (laughs) but like the basic premise of it is really interesting. And it's even something that I don't think Kojima would really return to for a long time because it seems like for the next many years he'd just be focused on like stage based like action games and it wouldn't be until much later that it's like okay now you're just in the world you know like do what you want and he's come full circle on that because that's now what like he does right like if death stranding is like his idea of like the ideal game or whatever then it's like yeah it is the same as snatcher in that regard like it's just a world that you get to go and exist in and you have objectives you have things you're trying to do but the point of the game is to get you to exist in this world you know i think that's really fucking cool yeah it, the snatcher is not very handholdy right um, it, i mean it's linear when it needs to be but yeah it makes you feel like you are in uh a fully realized like world even though it's like if you actually just look at the nuts and bolts of it it's tiny yeah like there's not that many locations but it somehow tricks you into being like no i'm in like i'm moving around the cyberpunk city yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like the same trick as like Super Mario 3, where it's like if you give them a world map and you make it feel like you're moving around, you have some agency or you can make a choice, it makes it feel huge. Like Super Mario 3 felt so much bigger than Super Mario 1, you know, just because of that little thing. That's the same trick this game pulls where it's like, well, you can get in your car and go where you want. You get to pick. It's up to you. You know, that's like that changes the game dynamic a lot. Yeah, and there's a lot of, you know, um, things to explore that don't progress the plot at all. Right. That are just there as, like, like I was saying before, flavor text. Yeah, um, but, exactly. Because, yeah, you can go and you can go and use the computer and look up, like, all this historical background stuff, and that gives you a lot of 
you know, uh, information about the world that's not presented presented in any dialogue or anything like that. Right. Which you know, that's it's just fun. It just yeah. it just feels fun. You know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, it's awesome. I yeah. It's like for all its faults and all the stuff that's aged poorly and all the bullshit and all the Kojima stuff. Like, I just fucking love Snatcher. It's like such a fun game. It's such a like beautiful little time capsule of a certain vibe and aesthetic and style. And like, I don't know. And it's still just like very easy to engage with. It's still very like palatable in a lot of ways. And I think that that's kind of one of those things that's hard to find. It's like on the one hand, it's kind of abandonware, but on the other hand, it's like very easy to pick up and play. Like, yeah, I don't know. Something kind of magical about Snatcher. You know, because even with uh, something comparable like Deadly Premonition, like you can talk. I mean, we spent hours talking about that game on this show. But at the end of the day, if someone listened to all that and they're like, that's awesome, I'm going to go do it. They sit down and they figure out that they have to play like a 40 hour survival horror game (laughs) that is like broken fundamentally. They're going to be like, "Okay, well, fuck you. And like, why did you why did you even bring this up? Like, fuck you, dude. But then this game, it's like not like that at all. You know, it's obviously like, you don't value my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like with this game, it's more like telling someone like, yeah, go watch like a 12 episode anime yeah. from the 80s. Give it a whirl. Yeah. You're probably going to like it. And if you don't, you know, for whatever reason, you didn't, you lost an afternoon. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think about that though. Sometimes with these like on YouTube, people love making videos about like lost games or abandoned wear or whatever. And they talk it up so much, but then you sit down and it's like, this is like a 30 hour, completely unplayable mess. Like I get that you like it. I like some shit like that too, but like, you can't just be on here telling people like this game will change your life. You know, it's like, that's just a fucking game, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I curb your enthusiasm or expectations before going in Yeah, know, a little bit. You can't just say that everything's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. If it's, if it's like, biting off a huge chunk of yeah. a commitment. I would say that Snatcher is a very low level commitment. Oh yeah. And it's going to suck you in, right? Immediately it's going to suck you in. If you're into the shit, it's yeah. going to, you're going to be like, you're just going to be pumped immediately. You'll know in the first 10 minutes if you want to play this game. Right. You know, and like, you'll also know what's coming just from the art style. Where he's like, oh yeah, I know what's up. Yeah. He's going to sexually harass that woman. <laughs> I can stop him though. <laughs> I can stop this all. That's maybe like the real like point of Snatcher is to like stop him. Stop this monster. Someone stomp this man. <laughs> that's what you're actually doing in this game. The whole like Russian conspiracy end of the world shit. That's all a side, you know, a, a side quest. We're really just trying to stop him from doing what he's here to do, which is just harass women. It's on your shoulders. Don't click that dialogue option. <laughs> you have the power. We can do it. <laughs> Men, if you're listening, we can do this. We can do it not finally. All, <laughs> not all men. Oh. Not, not all Gillians. Hashtag <laughs> not all seeds. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs>